What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It gives me great pleasure to welcome you back once again to Fighting Fire with Fire, the AJ Rose Show. A time of recording at 7.24 p.m. on Monday, November 9th, 2020. And with me on the other end of the Zoom is our old friend, the oldest friend, my best friend, my Sam best friend. Sam. It's, it's great to, to be back. It's great to be back. back. And, guess, and guess what? What? It's, it's an election special of the Weekly Scorch, which is now... The um, biannual scorch, <laughs> the yearly scorch, if we feel like it, <laughs> the yearly scorch. We'll just, no, nah, I was about to do a joke. It's important. The, the occasional scorch. The occasional scorch. Ooh, that's good. That's not bad. We could drop the scorch altogether. I feel like we, <laughs> our takes have not the, been hot. The occasional? <laughs> the occasional. Uh, uh, hey, hey, it's just good to see you. How, for just update the people, how have you been? Oh, you know, it's, it's been, um, it's been great. We're okay. Well, actually today Pfizer said that a vaccine's on its way. Right. They're, they're optimistic about, I mean, it's still probably a few months. Uh, when, when you say two months, I think. All right. Or a month. I mean, oh, well, that Fauci, would... Fauci said a month actually. Fauci, well, if, if, if Tony is saying a month, then he means it right. He wouldn't say yeah. that lightly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think he would. Um, yeah. He said, end of November, early December, if it gets through the FDA process, but 90% efficacy, pretty good. Crazy, man. Another thing though, another thing though, is that like, uh, we're going to need two doses of it and there's 350 million people. So we're, we're in this for a long time. Like this doesn't shorten anything. It just gives us some hope. You know what else we were in for the long haul, Sam, we were in the long haul for four years of Donald J. Trump as president of the United States. And that is no longer the case. I love it. I can't, I can't believe. Well, no, go on. Because Joseph R is, is our Joseph's middle. Robinette. Robinette. Biden. That's his middle. Joseph Robinette Biden uh, beat Donald Trump with the likely uh, final tally of 306 uh, electoral votes to 232, which is a mirror image of how much Trump beat Hillary by four years ago. Congratulations to Joe Biden, to Kamala Harris, who is the first uh, woman, black woman, uh, Indian American woman to be vice president. And uh, it's it's a it is not perfect. And we will get into why it's not perfect, but it is reason to celebrate. I it's uh... I'm not even I'm not even lying when I say that when all the networks called it on Saturday, yes, I was alone in the house, and you could feel it in the air. Like you could feel the energy outside. My windows were open. You could feel it outside. Like you could feel people gathering, celebrating. It was incredible. So that's that's amazing. I was lucky enough to be on the field coaching, you know, outside outdoors coaching little four-year-old soccer uh, during when one of the parents, one of the many parents who was on their phone, they were like, they called it. And the parents were like, they called it. <laughs> and the kids, uh, you... the, the kids did, were none the wiser. And we continued to play kick the coach where the kids chased me around with their soccer balls and try to kick the ball into my legs. Great game. <laughs> that is a great game. Um, you know what we've learned though, through this election, what, what is that there are, there are a lot of shy Trump voters around. The fact that 71 million people and counting voted for Donald J. Trump is a sign that the country is just as divided as it's not a blip. It's not a fluke that <laughs> Trump got elected. A lot, a lot, a lot of people uh, believe in him and and are either tolerant of all the awful things he stands for or just straight up support all the awful things he stands for. 
True. 1.1 million people voted for Trump in the state of Massachusetts. It's it's overwhelming and that's a lot. It's not that surprising. And you know what? I saw so I've talked to a few people that I know that are shy Trump voters. And one of them said that he didn't think that Biden was going to be governing. He thought Kamala was going to be the shadow president. Right. Mm-hmm. And that she mm-hmm. was a socialist. So it's just I mean, here's it's so interesting because I was very gung ho. Um, Bernie would have beat Trump. You know, yeah. and um, and now I still think he would have beat Trump, but I'm not. It could have gone either way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with the socialism I, I, attack. I, I, I agree. I agree. But but, you know, the, the thing that we I mean, we had talked about this on Saturday, I think, is that like. Or maybe we maybe I was talking to someone else. I think it was you. Um, it could have gone either way. But like you trade off that Republican or moderate vote that Biden was picking up, which didn't turn out to be that much. Um, and you trade that off with uh, people that you pull into the political process if you're a Bernie Sanders. You know, yeah, your first time right. voters, your economic voters, he's going out and, and doing rallies in Ohio and Pennsylvania and getting those people who have econo- economic insecurities to come out and vote. So I think there's a bit of a trade off there, but Joe Biden one handily, uh, down ballot races, not great for the Democrats. At all. That's another that's another debate that we could have is does running purely against Trump excite anybody? And truthfully though, I was really excited to vote against Trump. As was I, and we both did on the day of, and then we watched the election results pour in together. And when the early results were coming in for Trump and it seemed like he was gonna win Florida and and uh, of course he did end up winning Florida, that it was until until Fox News called Arizona for Biden. For about an hour there, it was a very similar feeling to four years ago. Both of eerily, us, both of us had the same, similar. same awful feeling in the pit of our stomachs. But uh, just like most people said, the mail-in ballots were overwhelmingly Democratic, and Biden ended up winning Nevada and Arizona and Wisconsin and Michigan and Georgia. You know what was you know you know I'm surprised about Georgia first of all, but the organizing there incredible. But Stacey Abrams, know, baby, we we knew that this red mirage, another buzzword, another great buzzword of 2020, the red mirage, the uh-huh. night success, uh, and then the mail mail in votes coming in. That's um, right. The only scary thing about a red mirage, and why I wish it wasn't such a partisan, like mail in votes weren't such a partisan issue this election, was that. Donald Trump was was racking it up. I mean, he was running up the score in some states. And you're like, God, I hope that because I know that none of the mail-in votes have been counted, but I hope that we have hundreds of thousands of mail-in votes in this state that mm-hmm. are going to Biden, like to make up the ground, which en- he ended up making up the ground in a number of states. But that is scary. I, I don't like I don't like the idea of of uh, well, Trump it, having like a 600,000 boat lead. It would have you know? it would have been it would have been fine in Pennsylvania and some of the other states where the legislature makes it so that they can't start counting those right. mail-in ballots until election day, which means they have to wait until they count all the votes that happened on that day first. It's very very frustrating. I feel like that's and an easy of, fix. I f- I also think that uh in theory that's an easy fix and that we can have a thing where we're not waiting on a few states because just they change how their vote counting process is. It's a very dual-edged sword. It's a very bittersweet thing because 
on the one hand, getting Trump out of the White House is and not having to think about Betsy DeVos and DeJoy and uh, Mike Pompeo and Mick Mulvaney and Stephen all, Miller, Stephen Miller and all these evil fucks. So, so, yeah. It's really nice to not have to, to think about them again. Uh, oh, it's it's such a relief. It's such a relief that these guys are going to be out of a job in a matter of months. I mean, hopefully. We Unfortunately, still. there is a person who we talk about at, on this podcast a lot uh, uh, who still has his job. And that man's name is Mitch McConnell. And yeah. Mitch McConnell not only beat a- Amy McGrath by uh, 10 plus points, even though uh, um, Amy McGrath spent a ton, a ton of money. Like 100 million? Yeah, because the DNC rigged the primary so that she would beat out Charles Booker. I don't think Booker would have beaten McConnell, but I think it would have been a closer race. In any case, uh, all over the country, uh, the polls, there was a massive polling error, not only on the presidential election, but on a lot of the Senate senatorial races. And so Joni Ernst beat out Republican Joni Ernst beat out Teresa Greenfield in Iowa and Susan, excuse me, Susan Collins beat out Sarah Gideon in Maine. And Cal Cunningham, the Democrat, lost in, was that South Carolina or North Carolina? I actually don't remember. Ooh, I think it was North Carolina. North Carolina. Yep. Cal Cunningham lost partially because he was caught sending some very PG adulterating sexts to (laughs) to somebody. I really want to kiss you. What did he say? (laughs) Yeah, something like that. Oh, it's a far cry from like a Brett Favre dick pic. I really wish that the DNC had allocated their funds not uh, on Jamie Harrison and Amy McGrath on their long shot races, but on uh, Sarah Gideon and Teresa Greenfield and Cal Cunningham, because if any of those races had come through, this is a different situation. Uh, Now we're in a situation where both senatorial races in Georgia are going to runoffs because the rule in Georgia is you have to get 50% of the vote. And so the Democrats, uh, John Ossoff and Reverend Raphael Warnock, are going against Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue. Uh, and that runoff, that double runoff is happening on January 5th. And people in Georgia have until December 7th, if they're not already registered to vote, to register to vote in that runoff. It is going to I be think, a hectic, hectic next few weeks there. Yeah, a couple points. I think Jamie Harrison had a shot. I don't feel bad about spending money there. Right. I, I think that's a good... I think that's the polling, the polling was way better. I, I feel like... Uh, with uh, the McGrath uh, McConnell race, we had one poll six months ago, whenever it was. Uh, yeah, probably about six months ago, really, that said um, uh, Amy McGrath was within a couple points. Other than that, that was the outlier. Like yeah. McConnell was holding on to that seat no matter what. There's nothing McGrath could do. And not to mention, like, we, we saw a lot of, um, I mean, we lost seats in the House. We didn't flip the Senate. Um, you have these races where like Amy McGrath is, is more of a centrist and she is running on just a beat. He's a pro-Trump Democrat. <clears throat> which is, which is, I mean, I just feel like the democratic party will never learn this lesson or, and... or they have, and they, and they don't want to change it, but like you cannot run on solely that. And that's why I think Charles Booker would have been a long shot, but he spoke to, he spoke to the people about issues that mattered to them. Amy McGrath is like your, she's she's like exactly what you would put together in a lab to create a candidate that fits the needs of democratic leadership she's you and know like a fighter pilot right um yep. she's you know a centrist uh, a woman like it's just like they were like this is a, this is the one but it, but it just totally doesn't rely on the policies 
that drive people to vote. And I was thinking one, one last, one last point. Like I was thinking um, when I saw that um, uh, Charles Schumer said he thinks that Biden should wipe out 50 K in student loan debt. I, I was going to bring by that up. executive action. I mean, that is one issue that I think, well, not only would it personally help me and politics is that local, what helps me, that's what drives right. votes, um, but it would help millions of people. So if, if there were a candidate that said, I'm going to eliminate your student debt and take those shackles off, you shouldn't have paid, you shouldn't have had to pay $30,000, $50,000 for an education. I would say I'm coming out to vote. I yeah. mean, there are a lot of single issue um, voters out there. Climate, well, Healthcare, yeah. I also think that no, no, your climate and healthcare are uh, up there. Cor uh, coronavirus, the economy, yep. all those issues. I think that where the Democratic Party goes from here is going to determine a lot. Obviously, the two Senate runoffs in Georgia are going to determine a lot. But if the Democratic Party, if Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, two people who largely don't do much for me, and yep. and I'm not, I'm not. When I say don't do much for me, I don't mean. I'm not talking about what their policies have an effect on me. I'm talking about not liking what they stand for. Right. Um, because I think they're faux progressive. Um, right. Pseudo progressive. To, to that point, to that point, I think um, Schumer, especially like, I feel like his um, message in the last, I mean, three or four days has been like, we need to uh, uh, accomplish like a bold progressive. We need to accomplish bold progressive policy. Like, which is encouraging, the, which is encouraging, but also I'm trying not to fall for this trap because what he, everything that he's saying is good. Mm -hmm. um, but he is also looking over his shoulder at a potential primary in a few years. Um, he's seeing like uh, candidates like AOC pick off uh, incumbents in his backyard. Like, is he just worried? But maybe that's the kick in the butt that they need. The, 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 the future of the Democratic Party has to be further left than it is. Right. They it have has to, to be decide, worker. Yeah. They have to decide that the answer is to go left instead of right. And eventually, I don't know whether that's a, a, a come to Jesus moment for Pelosi and Schumer, where they realize that the Democratic Party needs to support Medicare for all, or if it's going to take new Democratic leadership, uh, progressive Democratic leadership in order to sort of fundamentally shift the, the party left. But if they don't, because the, the stats speak for themselves, every Democratic House candidate that supported Medicare for all, that one supported Medicare for all, and every single one that lost did not support Medicare for all. And not only that, if you dig, if you dig a layer deeper, I think I've seen those, I think I've seen those tables. If you dig a layer deeper, the candidates that were running on a moderate message that lost were not in swing districts. They were in Democratic districts. Uh, democratically favored districts yeah by like a point or two so they really lost i mean they really like did not secure the bag on those issues and i don't i mean if i'm there are a lot of vote blue no matter who but you know who those people are they're they're i think more privileged people who are voting mm -hmm. blue no matter who i think there are a lot of people that don't engage in the political process at all because they're watching tv and an ad comes on and there's no speak of policy. And then what, you know, like, how am I supposed to know how this benefits my, me or my community or the people that I love and care about you? There's just no way of telling, how does that drive people to the polls? I uh, just, that just, I mean, like you said, the data is not supporting that. And frustrations with the Democratic Party aside, they have a chance to salvage this because Stacey Abrams and uh, Raphael Warnock and so many people in Georgia have 
turned out the vote and tried to get people registered and they have a chance if they win these two Senate runoffs, something that no Democrat has ever done in Georgia. They've never won a runoff in Georgia ever. And now they have to try and win two. Um, so let's put that in perspective then. We need an absolute miracle. Uh, I think it's a long shot. Yeah, I think it's a Patriots 28 to three scenario. I think you could I think you could pick off one of them. I think I mean, OK, but but look at David Perdue. He's a, he's kind of a shell of a man, honestly, <laughs> watching him in those debates um Ossoff picked him apart a couple and times Ke- and, Ke- and kelly loffler is just the worst she's all well, they, she she got in trouble for uh dumping stocks because she they knew both, right did they, they both, both get? dump stocks yeah after the coronavirus briefings before we knew the the severity of the situation so yeah that's good i mean i Horrific. think hammer them on that because that's just i mean that's greed selfishness yeah, but absolute greed and selfishness but yeah well, you know what? One thing we didn't touch on. What didn't we I touch on? Supremely important. The big boards. This was oh, the you election mean of the big boards. <laughs> yeah, going going after it. King versus um, Kornacki. Who you got? I feel like okay. Well, okay. Here we go. I watched so I watched CNN the whole time. Oh, so you were you're 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 a king guy. But I know Kornacki, like. I'm I am aware of Kornacki. I, I'm a fan of Kornacki's. I think he is probably the best big board stats guy in the game. I I enjoy Kornacki. The fact that he would write the the numbers because they hadn't had him update yet. So he had his computer in front of him. And he was like, "I'm getting these numbers. We haven't put them into our system yet. Let me actually just show you and do the math real quick." And he does the math and to the to the vote. To the vote, it was it was. It was yeah, shout out to them both. I don't know what kind of coffee they were drinking or what what they were doing in between jumping jacks. Just, there. just just crazy, man. And uh, constantly, like, I mean, I've seen so many memes where it's just like someone on uh, Google Maps. That like, yeah, that one. And this is so <laughs> good. This is like the the Columbus Toledo circle. We all know that that uh, <laughs> that like that, that just that's where Ham- Hamilton lost his famous duel with with Washington. Yeah. <laughs> That, that that video on Twitter of the guy with Google Maps was just it's superb. We'll try and post that somewhere. Yeah. Um, maybe on the at uh, at the AJ Rose Show on Twitter, at the AJ Rose Show on Instagram. And of course, East Washington is east of Washington. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like, I'm, I, okay, maybe I've already forgotten a lot of the counties in Georgia, but at one point I thought I would never forget. So it turns out that I, I we, did, but. we also have to say, Sam, that there is a... a we can laugh about the fact that Trump lost the election and the fact that he has been a whiny baby and not conceded. And the fact that they had their press conference at uh, four seasons, total landscaping <laughs> out of the four seasons hotel, which is objectively one of the funniest things that's ever happened of ever, 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 ever. Um, even so, more than, even more than Trump introducing his secretary in, of the interior by <laughs> saying he loves it. He loves the interior. Uh, uh, now all that is very very funny but it has to be said that when he came out uh on saturday and did not concede all i could think of in my head were the potentially violent reactions of his white supremacist supporters across the country that at some point in the next week or two if he doesn't concede there's going to be violence like a violent reaction that is no there will be out and out terrifying yeah it is yeah i actually uh, have let my guard down to that a little bit the possibility of that but you're very mm-hmm. right it's 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 not over for that 
for that group. There are some very deranged people over there. Just thinking about the Kyle Rittenhouses of the world, the incredibly heavily armed paramilitary cuckoo people uh, who support Trump that are, that are, uh, you know, through that, that there are, there are millions of them throughout the country, but a handful of them are really, really radical. Right. And will, will do horrifically violent things if they think that Trump is getting cheated out of this. And I think a lot of them do because he's saying so. Uh, And the handful of Republican elected officials who are either a not saying anything or B not coming out and refuting it, uh, including Mitch McConnell, you know, evil, evil stuff. Totally. Yeah. I can't, I actually, I read something earlier where it was like this whole, this election is like, the off ramp for people like Mitch McConnell to be able to distance themselves from Trump. And they're still not taking it. You know, like they could easily come out, all Republicans in the Senate could easily come out and say, Mr. President, it's time to concede. Like the election is over, there was no voter fraud, all that. That's their off ramp. And then they're fine. And then they save face. Which is, which is, which is, which on itself, Sam, the fact that after four years from the moment that Trump ran, in 2015 and 16 and Ted Cruz and Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan put their arms around Trump, even though Trump was a accusing Ted Cruz's dad of killing JFK and B was bragging about sexually assaulting women on tape and was making a mockery of the, the electoral process and of disabled reporters and this and that. And Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan just didn't care because Mitch McConnell wanted to get judicial appointments and Supreme court appointments. And he got what he wanted. And the fact that they are that most of the GOP is going to have an off ramp to distance themselves from Trump is basically an embodiment of everything that's awful with the two party system and with politics. Exactly. But unfortunately, like I feel like Biden is going to overcompensate and coddle Republicans and bring them into the mix too much. Like he is going to like overcorrect. You know what I'm saying? I agree. And and reaching your hands across the aisle right now is just not a thing. It's not it's it's not doable. It's just, we can't, uh, I can't remember who made this point. Um, I, I need to give her credit maybe in, in maybe, maybe after this we can, we can post it. But she was basically like, I don't want to compromise when compromising means that I'm going to lose my freedoms. Like I'm not willing to compromise with Republicans who want to take away my health care and, and suppress my vote. Like there's no compromising. Mitch McConnell McConnell does not compromise. They did not compromise when they were in control when Trump came in. It's it's, it's brutal because Biden has the chance to be the first president. The last four presidents, Clinton, Bush, Obama, and Trump all came in with the trifecta. They were, their their party had the Congress Congress in its entirety, the Senate and the House. Biden is going to come in with the House, but he may not come in with the Senate unless, you know, a, a... and there, line miracle happens in Georgia. And there is, and we've seen, we've seen the power of the pen with executive orders with the, with Trump. So and, there's a and lot. Biden of Biden will be able to do some of those things. He'll be able yeah. to try and uh, get the Corona. Maybe he can do an executive order for a federal mandate on masks and help the country get through the coronavirus. Well, I think even he more can. importantly, he'll, he'll roll back all the environmental uh, deregulation. He'll roll back. Um, you know, he'll, he'll get us back into the Iran deal. The Paris, the Paris Climate, climate Agreement. Accord. Yep. Um, it's it's just there's so much that can be undone of the fuckery that Trump's done. 
and there's the fam- also the separated kids at the border and the cages yeah. well i mean you know what's really sad is that that you can't really is, undo all the trauma well you can't undo the trauma but i mean we had the most deportation like obama had the most deportations of any president in u.s history yeah it's really really just a sad sad thing and biden was there for it obviously um but yeah, I just feel like I, I read an article this morning uh, from like the Buffalo Gazette or something that had floated that Biden had asked um, Mitt Romney uh, to be secretary of uh, of Health and Human Services. And Mitt Romney was just on the news yesterday or the day before saying just because Biden's president doesn't mean that we're going to we're going to uh, distance ourselves from our Republican principles, you know. We have to just we have to still make sure that there will never be a Green New Deal. There will never be Medicare for all and that we don't move away from oil, uh, gas and coal. And and we <laughs> cannot have those people. No, not at in all. a Biden administration. It's so just the, you can't one, have one, it. one of the only one of the only recourses that Biden is going to have if they don't pull off the 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 Georgia runoffs and yep. he has to deal with Mitch McConnell being set a majority leader still. Uh, because he's not going to be able to appoint his cabinet the traditional way because McConnell right. is unforgiving and he'll just be like, no, you cannot have Elizabeth Warren. No, you cannot have Stacey Abrams. No, you cannot have this progressive person I don't like. So the way to do it is to circumvent that, like navigate around that the same way Trump did by using yep. the Vacancy Act and appointing, quote unquote, acting, acting. members of your cabinet. Uh, and therefore, you don't have to get them confirmed by a Senate hearing. And that is what he will have to do um at least initially uh and, and you know appoint what? progressive members of his cabinet it's sad but i don't think that he will do that I, I don't think he'll do that because he doesn't want to do what the name of this podcast is he doesn't want to fight fire with fire and the democratic but party has never that, fought fire with uh, fire against the republicans because the republicans understand that you have to dig your heels in and you can't compromise and we, we we play we play we play the game by their rules and their rules only and that is sad and i think that w- that's not going to last forever but if the future of the democratic party is kamala harris instead of aoc and ilan omar then yeah. i worry about medicare for all ever being a thing i worry about a green new deal ever getting passed i worry about no, the future of the planet i do i think i think I think we'll have Medicare for all in the next five to 10 years out of necessity. I hope so. And that's that. I mean, that's my take on it is like, this is just a system that's out of control. I think we'll have it and, and we'll have it in the near future. I believe that because we've already, we've already Sorry, brought so that we'll, conversation. We'll no, it's all good. No, no, we've all, we've already just dragged that into the conversation. You know, it's like we've moved, we've moved the goalposts on a lot of these issues, which has been great, I think, but it's, it's a good start. And I, I, you're going to be pretty upset. I'm ready. Um, I decided that, uh, God Emperor Trump can't be outdone. You mean the song? So, so four years ago to set the stage for anybody who's like, what the heck are you talking about? Four years ago, we did a, a podcast, Sam and I, the day after Trump got elected. And Sam basically had to cheer me up. We told some Norm Macdonald jokes. And then at the very end, as the outro, Sam came up with, you know, calling uh, Trump something other than president. So we called him God Emperor Trump. And you came up with the song. And now in the moment, as we're ready to close this podcast now, you're realizing that the God Emperor Trump, the song cannot be topped. You just don't make sequels 
you know, if you don't want to ruin the lightning can't strike twice. Right. Uh, It's kind of a non sequitur, but wedding crashers two, I think is greenlit. Oh no. We saw that in theaters together in 2004. In 2005. Yes, we did. Oh my God. Yes. 2005. Uh, R rated comedy boom. That's, that's a whole different thing. That's, 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 you know what I think of whenever I see a comedy sequel, I think of Mel Brooks as uh, yogurt in Spaceballs going, well, I'll come back in Spaceballs too. the search for more money. It's just <laughs> what every single comedy sequel or really every sequel no, is. The I know, search for more money. Every single person who loved Wedding Crashers, which is millions of people, obviously. Like every single person is going to go millions see that. Millions of cishet white men. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was our, that was our, that was our Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, I'm very happy. I know that uh, uh, we were a little doom and gloom about um, the prospect of dealing with a Mitch McConnell-led Senate again and uh, dealing with Biden and Kamala Harris not being as far left as we want to. But we we should say that we are really, really relieved and happy. Silver lining. Yeah, that Trump is no longer president and that so many people came out and voted. I think we're going to end up with 150 million people voted. It's it's crazy that that many people voted. That's incredible. You know, I saw... um... Uh, the numbers from uh, Bush v. Gore. Yeah. Only like, what was it, like 40-something million for each of them or 50, maybe just 50 million? Like crazy. I, That's yeah, crazy. It's, it's, it's more people voted uh, than have ever have voted before. And hopefully that only continues, that vo- trend only continues in the future and that more and more people vote each presidential election. Uh, I It's, it's, we should celebrate. I'm glad people celebrated this weekend. Yeah. They should continue to celebrate this week. And I really hope that everybody stays safe out there. If Trump is really going to make things dangerous. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening. As always, you can listen to all episodes of fighting fire with fire at soundcloud.com slash fighting fire with fire. You can listen to us on Spotify, on Apple podcasts, subscribe to us, follow us, follow us on Twitter or Instagram at the AJ Rose show. I will be uh, doing my usual DJing of, um, on Zoom, social distancing. Thank Funk for Thanksgiving is going to be either yeah. the Friday or Saturday after Thanksgiving. Stay tuned for a final date on that. And Sam, do you have anything you want to plug before we get out of here? No. No. Your mustache looks good, man. Nobody can see it. Nobody Thank on the you. podcast is going to be able to see it, but the stash uh, does look great. Yeah. Really does. Guys, I just want to say it's been a while um, to our listeners. Yep. And um, I love you guys. Love you, Eric. We love you, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) Just want to say I love you, Eric. (laughs) And Megan. So uh, on that note, um, this has been Fighting Fire with Fire for Sam Hand, and I'm AJ Rose. Fuck Mitch McConnell. Fuck that fucking guy. All about executive orders. Next time. Later. Cheers. Cheers.